Hello, you're listening to Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Herman, I've got a surprise for you today. Actually, really? Cool. Well, kind of not so much a surprise. I can't unveil him, but our producer's husband is with us again today. Okay. Good. <laughs> Jazz, hello, and thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me back. As we wrapped up the last program with Charles being with us, we were talking about the soft side of control, good people up to no good. Mm-hmm. Before I go any mm-hmm. further, this good person up to no good <laughs> needs you to pray. <laughs> Lord, we thank you that uh, you are not uh, just a, a good, you're perfect, you're best. And you practice a relationship with us that's vastly different than we do with each other. Uh, you are always pursuing our best, but giving us the freedom to choose otherwise. Lord, I pray that we can learn from this time on how to do relationships better. In your precious name, amen. Amen. We were finishing up the last program with the soft side of control, good people up to no good, and you were saying that the road to freedom has two ditches. But before we even go there, (laughs) (laughs) I've got a question. The question is this. Uh What do I do when I'm in a discussion with someone that won't deal with facts and is only wrapped up in emotion? Wow, great question, because that is a critical issue for us If you go back and look at the first section in chapter 8, we talk about not being emotion-led, right? There's three things that we ask people to think about, thinking, feeling, and action, and the right order for those to come in. I think you're wrong. My emotions tell me you're right. Where's my gun? There's my action. Yeah, and that's, that's where a lot of people live their life. They live their life not using the right order of those particular words. Do you remember the two words that we need to remember about emotions? They're so critical if we don't remember these things about emotions. They're responders, not initiators. That's exactly right. They're responders. And secondly, they're often untrustworthy. That is so important for us to remember about emotions. What do you mean untrustworthy? I'm having them. Yeah, they're real, but they don't necessarily match with facts. So how do you deal with a person who is constantly thinking about, and this is what Charles had mentioned uh, last time, the idea of what if somebody, what if, what if my wife just believes that she knows what I'm thinking? Is, is that what you're talking about here, Charles? Yes, I guess so. Um, there's a part to where I think sometimes my wife and I have a discussion. We live together. Mm-hmm. So of course, you're going to know someone's habits mm-hmm. and you're going to know common sense occurrences. So If you burn your hand, it's kind of hot. You're not going to feel happy. You'll feel upset or possibly dumb. My wife, I think, thinks I know what I'm thinking 100% of the time Mm. and will argue with me that even though I tell her I have a thought, Mm -hmm. she disagrees with me and thinks I think something else. Right. And that is exactly what we're talking about here with the idea of thinking, feelings, and acting. Too often, we don't understand that feelings, yes, they're real, But they're responding to something, and they're responding to her thinking, and her thinking is flawed there, because she doesn't know what you're thinking. She might. She might be able to guess and speculate based on previous situations, but it's really not necessarily right. And she's going to need to reconsider, am I living in reality to think I know what he's thinking, or am I willing to accept what he is saying as to what he's thinking? Am I willing to accept that? That's a tough place for a lot of people to be. Okay, but what do I do when her stubbornness starts creeping into my thinking? Well, the, the issue is you are going to either continue to live your values or you're going to get tied up in this dance. Mm-hmm. 
right? And what's that dance look like? It's not pretty. It's, it's not a pretty dance at all. Voices are loud. And you're supposed to be dancing. Yeah, it's not, it's not pretty at all. Because both of you, what too often happens is if a person says they know what I'm thinking, and I get into my emotions and start going, no, you don't. I may even be willing to lie <laughs> and try to prove that they don't know what I'm thinking. Yeah, but this is like a cheap Western with a runaway stagecoach because I got feelings and emotions and sure. I can't get them under control. It's like, oh, give me the rain. Stop, stop. Yeah. And So the way that the, the only way that you can deal with that situation, you can't do anything about them. Is that true? That's true. I can't do anything about them. I can do something about me, which is live my values, state my facts. Honey, that isn't, that isn't what I'm thinking. I'm sorry that, that you believe that, but that isn't what I'm thinking. Maintain good values. Maintain good thinking to drive your emotions in the right direction. Because if, if you start letting your thinking wander, your emotions are going to start reacting and responding to what she's saying. So I can use facts and say, honey, we don't have cable, so therefore we don't e- you don't know what I'm thinking because we don't even have ESPN. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so that is a difficult place to be, and that is a critical mistake that absolutely hurts people. Remember we talked about that last time? Mm-hmm. One of the first mistakes that we make, I shouldn't say first, one of the biggest mistakes we make is we, in a relationship, act on opinion and emotions. And when I'm acting on opinion with you, I'm doing just that. Well, I know what he's thinking. I know what that I know what that smile means. I know what that action means. Yeah, you may have experienced that. I may have experienced that with you before, but I don't know it necessarily is true this time. Exactly. And that's that's where we are not willing to back up into reality and go oh, yeah, they did that last time, but there is a chance it has no bearing this time. Am I willing to live with that reality or not? If somebody is constantly doing that with me, nothing I can do about them. All I can do is live my good values and say, honey, that's not what's happening. I've got a, a question for you. Um, I took away from the last, when we left the last show, I felt really positive because you opened my eyes to what you call the softer side of control. Mm-hmm. And what that told me was I was still trying to control And it relieved a lot of stress and pressure to understand where I was coming from. And then what we're talking about here is the same thing. Like, I've got to, I can only control me. Mm -hmm. So in that conversation, and I've taken a lot of good things away from this, but I had a question from the last side. So on the softer side of control, I mentioned, even though I'm trying to help someone to do it, you got to give them their freedom to do it. There is a right way to do certain things. Sure. So... If somebody comes in with no experience and you want to teach them the right thing, mm-hmm. how do you how do you teach your wife? And this is, this is going to sound funny. I don't mean it to sound as bad as it sounds. How do you teach freedom without being controlling? <laughs> are, well, yeah. are, are women or is my wife unteachable? I don't think that's true. I don't think so but either. Who can help or teach them if I need to give them the freedom to make their mistakes? Well, let's just, let's just take this right back to God's relationship with us. Okay. Now, as I prayed, God's perfect, right? Right. How much is he providing to us to learn? In his word, Second Peter chapter 1, he says that he has given us how much? All things for life and godliness. He's given this to us. He's given his word to us. He is literally offering us everything that we need to know about life and godliness. And yet, what does he not do? 
He doesn't make us do it. He doesn't make us get into his word to go learn those things. He allows us the freedom to mess up. Isn't that an amazing thought? And this isn't do something and we'll get it. It's already been it's, given. It's, it's already been given. It's already been given. So here we are dealing in a situation, you with your wife, and she really doesn't know the best way to do this. Uh, do I just make it happen that way? Yeah, you can do that. You can do that. Uh, does that mean that's better to do it that way rather than just go, honey, I tell you what, well, are you willing to do an experiment with me? I'd like for you to just do it your way this time, and then let's do what we call an after-action review after we do it to see if we've learned anything. You, you could do it that way also. There's, there's at least two options. There's multiple options. Would that way be a soft, soft side of control? <laughs> no, <laughs> because the issue would be I'm simply, all I'm, all I'm wanting to do here is simply learn from this, and I hope you are too. That's all I'm really wanting to do. That's the critical issue. Okay. Cool. Well, we really are good people up to something good, not just no good, the softer side of control. Hey, listen, check us out on the web at greatrelationships.com. That's grnumeratelationships.com. We'll be back right after this. Great quotes for great relationships. If you use your past for illumination, your future is bright. If you use your past for contamination, your future is bleak. Virginia Satir. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. You know how you're always praying for a sign from God? That you're meant to go to seminary? This is your sign, seriously. I'm here to tell you about Grace, Grace School of Theology. It's free grace based. The professors are world class. It's accredited, accessible, attainable, and oh yes, it's affordable. You can even complete your entire degree online, which means you don't have to move. Wouldn't it be great to have a deeper knowledge of the Word of God? Write this down www.gsot.edu gsot.edu or call 877-476-8674 877-476-8674 Now get going! Now! GreatRelationships.com. That's GRNumeratelationships.com. You can listen to this program by clicking the radio tab, forward it to your friend, or even better, sign up for our free newsletter and maybe even look at some of the previous chapters we're drawing material from. Herman, before the break, Chaz was talking about, well, wait a minute, I want to give her the freedom to learn something without being controlling. Well, she already has that freedom. <laughs> and there's, there's one of those things. It's called that, I'm not listening. That's, that's one of the things that is so interesting about our way of thinking. We talk about allowing them the freedom. Well, they already have it, actually. <laughs> so in, in this particular case, she has the freedom what? To ignore Charles 
or respond to him. She has that freedom. And I'm a big believer. It's so such a big believer in freedom that I almost probably err on the wrong side here, which is I'd almost be willing to just go ahead and let them experience it. You know, honey, let's just do an after action review. Let's review this after we finish, or let's do it this way a little bit and see if we can figure out how to make it better. Here's the way that I've done it in the past that's really worked. Uh, I'm willing to uh, I'm willing to let you try to experiment and see what happens. I'm willing to do that. That is not what I'd classify as trying to control. That isn't even a softer, softer side of control. <laughs> That's simply dealing with the facts. This is this is the way I'm willing to go with it. The reality is, what's what's the ultimate thing that a man and wife would hopefully want? I would hope happiness. That, <laughs> yeah, Peace. I, would, I would hope that both of them are willing to say yes to the relationship. Because remember the math of relationships, it takes two to say yes and only one to say no. Any time that we're using direct domination or manipulation or the concept of softer side of control, a good person up to no good, we're actually saying no to the relationship. Do you realize that? No, I guess I didn't. Yeah, any time you're saying that they need to do it your way, you're basically saying they need to change. And if I need them to change, I'm actually saying no to them being who they are. Ouch, because that's something I don't think I want to say. I know you don't want to. No, not at all. And that's, that's, that's the issue for all of us as husbands and all the wives to be saying the same thing to each other. Okay. Because, because wives have things that they can teach husbands just as much as husbands can teach wives. Are we willing to let that happen instead of flashing our me all the time? Of course I am, as long as I get it my way. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, so I've got a question. You know, when we were coming back from the break, I told everybody, hey, go to our website, greatleaders.com, right? Mm-hmm. And you can look at the chapters and stuff. We were talking about being emotion-led out of Chapter 8, right? Freedom from emotions. My question is this. Chapter 4, Real Men, how does that tie into what we're talking about? Wow, that's a great chapter because Chapter 4 is dealing with something that is absolutely essential for men to be considering. If you go to Titus Chapter 2 and you look at basically verses 1 through 8, you're going to see the concept of all of the words that God is using for real men and real women. This is how it works. So if you go to that particular chapter, here's some things that all three of us really want to be paying attention to. A real man is sound in love. A real man is sound in love. Now, what's our definition of love? Pursuing the best, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Gets right. that last word gets me every day. Yeah, it sure does, doesn't it? But there are, if you go to Ephesians chapter 5, 25 through 33, you're going to see there's seven elements of a sound love. And it deals with everything that Charles is talking about here, everything that you and I have experienced in our marriages. All seven of these things are critical. Let me just go through the list real quick and see if there, if any of these are not being done in these situations that Charles is talking about. All right, here. but again, this is coming out of Ephesians 5, 25 through right. 33, because normally when we talk about love, I immediately go to Corinthians, right? Tammy? That's right. That's right. And don't forget that it's tied directly into Titus chapter 2. Also. So if you, if you get all this weaved together... The details of the sound love are in Ephesians 5, 
the fact that God is calling us men to be sound in love is in Titus chapter 2. And of course, he's saying the same type of thing in Ephesians 5. Well, first and foremost, it starts off with being unconditional. How can you be unconditional when you are trying to teach her or you're trying to give her an opportunity to experiment with the painting? How can you be unconditional? Well, that's, that's going to be a tough thing to do, right? I think so. Um, from our conversation, I think if I give her her freedom first mm. and offer guidance uh, when she needs it. And guess what you're doing when you do that? Here's one of the phrases that we men don't listen to enough. We're being Jesus to our wives. Isn't that an amazing thought? If I am unconditional toward her, recognizing there's nothing that I can do to make her change, that's exactly the same way God looks at us, except God could make me change, but he chooses not to. So when we operate with an unconditional love toward our wives, we're being Jesus to our wives. My personal experience is from our last show and this last weekend with my wife where we spend most of our quality time, um, I felt a huge weight lifted off my heart because I felt like I could let her truly be her. Mm -hmm. And it took, I guess, some pressure off me and also let me look at her a little bit different to where I could see her in who she is, not who I want her to be. And I love her for who she is. Wow. Charles, you've said something that is extremely profound. You may not realize how profound what you said is. You may not realize it. You may not have experienced it. But here's basically what you said. Hmm. She is who she is, and I'm just going to accept her where she is. It's not my job to change her. God is not going to have me stand before him in eternity in the judgment seat and go, Charles, did you get your wife to change? He's not going he's, he's to ask you that question. I tried my best. <laughs> I failed. And there's a real answer. And if you say, I tried my best, he's going to go, wrong answer. <laughs> because he's more interested in what? He's going to ask you, did you love your wife unconditionally, sacrificially, nourishing, sanctifying, purifying, cherishing, singular, and visionary? That's what he's going to ask you. Did you love your wife that way? And you're either going to say yes or no. Because he's not interested in you changing her. He's interested in you accepting her where she is, whether you think she's somehow flawed or not. Because that's how God looks at us. That's an amazing way to be Jesus. And I can't imagine why any of us would want anything other than that if Jesus is doing it. Wow, you just said something profound, <laughs> i got to ask. Do you think that's the reason why we have the problem agapeing, loving unconditionally one another? Because in our hearts, we can't accept God's unconditional love, and we keep thinking we have to do something, so therefore we impose it on others? I, I certainly would say that some of that enters into it, but I, again, what's the problem? Anytime I make it about me. That's right. It's the flashing me. That's what uh, mo removes this ability to look at somebody else. And the weight, I love the way that you talked about that, Charles. The weight was lifted off of you. Anybody that starts to get a glimpse of, I'm going to give people freedom. I mean, I'd ask you to speculate here. Why do you think if 
I start going, I'm going to give her freedom, a weight would be lifted off of you. Any speculation on that? Why, why you might start feeling some free, freedom yourself? I think if you're trying to control an issue, you have expectations of the outcome. And as soon as you relieve some of the control, whether it be a controlling nature or a soft controlling, and let someone be who they are, you don't know the outcome. You mm-hmm. get to watch the outcome happen and watch the person be the person. Yeah. And for me in my situation, I really love my wife a lot. And yeah. we're two totally different, but I love watching her be her. Yeah, that's so true. I'm going to tell you after the break what's going on as to the real reason why you're feeling this weight lifted. It's it's huge. It's huge. I really believe that you're going to love it. So there you go. Not only are you the, the love doctor, the doctor of love, <laughs> you're a superhero able to lift incredible weights off our heart. No, God does that Amen. because he That's loves right. us. So greatrelationships.com is the website. GRnumeratelationships.com. We'll be back right after this. Great quotes from God's Word for great relationships. Be kindly, affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another. Romans 12.10 Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Relationships can be great, and not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R-numeral-8-relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. to great relationships that's gr number eight relationships.com and before the break my number two super favorite <laughs> superhero right jesus is number one so you're I number sure two hope so. yeah. right lifting the weight off of our heart as chas mm, was saying okay well the thing that i have experienced and uh, my mentor robert fritz has uh, talked about this often is when you start moving down the road to freedom what happens with us is the weight that's lifted off of us is we no longer are trying to figure out all the actions that are needed in order to get the other person changed. And just, just imagine how much weight that could be. I, know, I no longer have to sit here and try to think about the right thing to say. I no longer have to sit here and think about the so-called right actions that will manipulate their behavior in a certain way. That's a huge weight. 
That's a huge way. Is, is, does that kind of seem true to you, Charles? Yes. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's how freedom works. Freedom works in the way that says, you know what? Uh, I am going to operate with good values, whether people around me operate with good values or not. That's, that's their choice. I hope they do. And it's the words that we like to use. The, the statements that have been so beneficial to me is to look at somebody and see some bad actions in their life. And instead of going, oh, they've got to get that changed. Uh, and, or just a milder form, oh, wow, boy, I wish they'd get that changed. Go, it'd be nice. But Charles, it's, it's, it's sad. Charles talked about the weight being lifted off of his heart. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to add something in because I think this was probably an unarticulated observation. How's that for sounding mm-hmm. cool? I've are heard are his, you trying to read his, uh, his mind? Yeah, no. <laughs> no, actually, as I was listening to him, I was actually relating with what he said because what I relate to this burden coming off is suddenly I have more energy for things. Yes, you will. You'll have a lot more energy because control saps you of energy. Because you're, like I said, you're constantly trying to figure out how, how do I need to fi- get this done so that, so that ultimately I can breathe again. That's really what it boils down to. That's that good person up to no good type of stuff. It, 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 if I let it continue to go this way, life is going to be miserable out there in the future. But I notice it now in my life. It manifests where when I'm granting freedom, there's pep in my step. Mm-hmm. And when I'm not. I have a hard time even just trying to get out of bed. I'm living in advanced regret and remorse, and the day hasn't even started. You're constantly wishing that that person would change so that your life would be better. That's really what it boils down to. Yeah, I agree. Like you were saying, Herman, with uh, when you're trying to control someone and trying to figure out a good way to approach it, there's a lot of moving pieces there, and mm-hmm. it's a psychological chess game mm-hmm. where if you just grant them the freedom and this is kind of where I was going with it, you're not playing chess anymore. You're not playing games. You have that energy. No for... game. The truth is the truth. You are free right. to... Yeah. It's, it's what we're talking about, like I said a little earlier. It's a dance. Boy, those, these, these relationship dances, especially the manipulation and domination dance, you know, that, that requires lots of energy out of both of you. And one of the two of you, when you start deciding freedom, one of the two of you decides, I'm going to sit this one out. I'm, I'm not going to dance anymore. You know, when we work in prison, we call it the fear dance. Mm, yeah. My fears are driving your fears, and I'm dancing. My moves are countering your moves. And that's exa- it's, it's the way it works. That's exactly the way it works. So I love hearing that. That is that is really cool, Charles. Let me uh, throw the additional things in here to make sure people hear them. So chapter three, real men, is talking about sound and love, and we started with unconditional. That's when, and you will be Jesus if you do all of these things with your wife, as Jesus does with us. Not only unconditional, sacrificial. I mean, just this idea of painting. You know what? I'm going to sacrifice my time. I'm going to sacrifice my time because I want what's best for us, and we're on the same team. Wow, that's, that's pretty amazing. Unconditional, sacrificial, sanctifying and purifying, setting her apart, finding ways to look at her, offer to her, she can accept it or not accept it, ways to allow her to be purified, nourishing. I'm going to provide an environment that 
develops her, not tears her down, wants her to become what I want her to be. I'm looking at an environment that develops who she is. That's a nourishing environment, a cherishing environment, cherishing her, because what we have found is using that word with women is so much more powerful that you cherish them as opposed to just telling you love them. It's because it's, it's a pristine word, uh, singular, only her, not comparing her to anybody else, singular, just for her, and then finally visionary, meaning you're thinking about the future because God, I really do believe, is going to be asking you about how you did interact with her and whether your interaction is going to come back to you as a reward or she's going to be presented back to you in some form that's not really a reward. Those are seven, seven critical things for us to be thinking about. That's pretty scary, I'm thinking. (laughs) So there you have it. Or at least there we start to touch the tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. So again, greatrelationships.com. That's GR number eight, relationships.com. You've given me chapter three, real men. Mm -hmm. You've talked about chapter eight, freedom from emotions. Mm Mm-hmm. We've talked about the radio tab, so I can go back and collect some of this. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. How is your day going, Barbara? I can't even begin to tell you how terrific my life is right now. What a coincidence. My life is just overflowing with blessings, too. Why, just yesterday, I found a $100 bill on the ground. That's great. I saved a cat that was stuck in a tree, and the owner was so thankful that she gave me a gift card to my favorite restaurant, Luigi's. Wow. I was in Luigi's just the other day and saved a man that was choking with the Heimlich maneuver. He was so overjoyed that he gave me tickets to that new play that's been sold out for weeks. That's amazing. I've been wanting to see that play myself. Really? I asked my husband and he didn't want to go. Will you go with me? That would be great. Days like this are too good to be true, but great relationships are possible. Join Herman as he offers you the opportunity to pursue the best for others, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Right thinking, right relationships, right now.